And welcome to episode nine of the Future Break podcast. I'm your host, Peter. And I'm your co host, Serge. And this is the podcast where we discuss emerging technology, human behavior, and what it all means for the future. So thanks for taking time today to listen in, people. Yeah, thanks for your for your continued support and, and staying with us. Yes, now that we are in episode nine, we're one away from double digits. Double digits, man. It's pretty exciting. Yes. I know that's 10 is not exactly a big number, but it still feels like a little bit of a milestone, right? It is. Right? It totally is. Of course, we're not there yet. <laughs> so, um, but yes, for all you listening in, like we said before, this is the podcast where we talk about emerging technology, kind of with today's technology that we see today, looking at history and looking at human behavior, just kind of based on where we are and maybe where we think people are going to be headed. And of course, that all ties then into the future. So today, today's episode, I'm going to have to preface this again, like we did last episode. Okay. Okay. All right. In 1807, a gentleman by the name of Robert Fulton created something that was nicknamed Fulton's Folly. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? I've here? heard of it, yes. You've heard of it? Yep. So this was a steamboat, basically, that was that he created. And um, even though things like this had kind of been tried before and things like this, it was kind of the first attempt for a kind of a mass transportation vehicle to take a bunch of people down the river. Now, it was definitely a cozy ride uh a max speed of five miles per hour Ooh. it took i think the trip that they were going on took 32 hours and so fulton's folly was one of the things where people just thought it was the strangest thing uh because up until that time there was kind of the horse and buggy the horse was the king transportation yeah. right right and to put things in perspective in the early 18th century uh, thomas jefferson um, it would take him 10 days to travel 225 miles uh, to get to Philadelphia um, and things like that. And wow. it's just, that's a really long time for 225 miles. That's an investment you have to make. Right? <laughs> you got to get hotel, lodging, food for 10 days. Right. Yeah, that is an investment. <laughs> uh not to mention, I don't... Well, I suppose back then they probably had some milestone towns they could all stay in along the way. Right. But, uh, the tavern at the inn. Yeah, the tavern at the inn. There we go. Uh, but then, kind of some other things I want to point out here. It was May 10th, 1969, when the Transcontinental Railroad was established. And that you was, mean 1869, What did Peter? I say? You said 19. I did say 19. <laughs> My notes are off. 1869. 1869. Yeah. Way different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that changes the entire conversation. Changes there. the entire conversation. Uh, and that was, that was a big deal because all of a sudden we had a way to go across the United States mm-hmm. and roughly had a transportation speed of about 15 miles per hour. So you can see then that that starts to change things. Uh, 
to get to put things in perspective, you know, a horse walks about three to four miles an hour, they say. At least that's some of the research I found. Now, galloping is way different for sure. Yeah. But obviously that's not sustainable. So when, you know, Robert Fulton came along, keep in mind that was five miles per hour, but that, of course, could be then moving through the night, right? Mm-hmm. Similar to the train. And then I feel, I don't know, this isn't necessarily a situation where there's a mass transportation of people, but I feel like Henry Ford deserves a spot in here, I guess you could say. Because in 1908, when the Model T came out, um, the price for that car was $800, which, um, <laughs> come to think of it, I've gotten cars for less than that lately. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, it was it was a, a very interesting milestone for that because then five years later, he was able to reduce that cost down to $500. And so once again, you started to make the, um, the car more accessible. In, in total, it looked like it was over 15 million Model T cars he would produce over the time frame there. And I'm, I point that out just because that was, you know, I feel like that was somewhat of a surge of people being able to purchase cars. Yep. Obviously, you had the used car market then all of a sudden, yeah. right? People yep. could purchase used cars. Repairs, right? Yep, yep. And um, transportation got very mobile for people. They didn't have to rely on a horse and buggy uh, and all that type of stuff. Now, given I wasn't born in 1908, I... Um, I still feel like the 1985-born Peter still maybe has a hard time understanding what travel was like back then. I will admit that. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think there's some milestones. And then in 1914, the first commercial flight from St. Petersburg to Tampa, Florida. I'm trying to remember the name of this company. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But uh, it was a company that... Literally, it's funny. January first, nineteen fourteen. Like it was, I can just see them. Like we're gonna do this January first, nineteen fourteen. We're gonna fly, you know. And <laughs> and uh, uh, it was kind of probably this big deal. Well, yeah. that company lasted about four months, to be honest. So, but what it did is it paved the way for commercial flight. Um, and so you always got to be, re- I think, respectful. Of some of these people who probably had a lot of critics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this will never catch on. You're gonna, I, you're gonna put me in a tube that flies above the you know above the earth? Are you kidding me? Right, exactly. What do you mean you're gonna fly to Mars? Yeah. You know, and I hopefully on this podcast, if we ever sound negative or anything like that, it's it's more so in the sense of like our current human behavior and maybe there's some things that we have to change ourselves, but we are, we try to be really excited and, and I don't know, like Elon Musk is this great example, right? He's just mm-hmm. this guy who just a big dreamer and, and he's making those dreams come true. So, uh, you, I think today more than ever, we realize that the sky is probably more and more the limit. And now, Space is the limit, uh, maybe. Uh, it's, it's just a lot of advancements. But that leads us, I want to say, I want to end there in 1914. 
um, first commercial travel because that is kind of the ma- some of the major milestones in commercial flight. And you think about back in the day, taking 10 days to travel 225 miles in the early 19th century. Yeah. And by the way, Thomas Jefferson also was the guy who was like, I dream of, you know, something that connects the sea to shining sea, as you know, we would maybe call it, that type thing. Uh, a railroad at that time, because that's what he knew. Mm-hmm. And I guess we have somebody to thank somewhat for our interstate system, Mr. Eisenhower in the yeah. 1950s. 50s, yep. Yep. So, which was ironically meant for... The du- war effort. The war effort. Yes. So dual purpose to be able to land planes quickly if ever invaded. So, <laughs> of course, now it has been just a major platform for commerce and travel. So. Ah, anyways, does that, I, does that give some good history, historical context for what you're going to? Yeah. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, it's a good picture of, you know, we've, we've always for a long time and think about this for, even since the 1900s, early 1900s, it was still horse and buggy for a lot of people. Yeah, 1908. Like Mild wars, yeah. were, World War One had horses in it. Yes, that's very that's true. That's crazy, you know? And so we're at 2017 today, and look at where we're at now. And what we're going to be talking about is kind of the, the really, the speed shift from what we currently have today to the new technology that we're starting to see that's happening that is just revolutionizing mass trans- transport altogether. Right. You know? Yeah. One one okay. last thing. Just to put things in perspective, when the Transcontinental Railroad kind of happened, it was a 96, I think they say 96% reduction in time. Yeah. So and and now I don't know that we're maybe going to get quite that well. I don't know. Maybe. Did you ever play Oregon Trail, Peter? Yes, I did. So that that kind of reminds me of you. <laughs> you're at Oregon true. Trail. You know, you didn't want to go to from, um, let's say, Miss, you know, Kansas City to San Francisco. I mean, it would take you three months, and probably half your party would die. <laughs> you know? Jane got, got dysentery. Dis- <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You're a horrible shot. Family starving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, today I think um, there's a couple things in a couple different fields that we we talked about, which we feel like is is we're going to see some disruption. And we're going to see some yes. really amazing tech coming out of it. Um, so, yeah, the first one that we we can talk about is... So let's kind of keep on those trains. So where are we at with trains today? That's what we could start with. So in the U.S., we're, we are pretty um, set in how we've we've done trains, and it's been it hasn't really changed the speed wise. Yeah, the speed aspect of it. Um, we have a lot of rail that's legacy, that's old, um, and so we've kind of fallen behind the times. I feel like it. I mean, some people might say, well, the train is behind the times. Well, I don't know. Hopefully, we're going to slightly debunk that a little bit. Yeah. 
But yeah, the only train that I know of here in, like, in the Midwest is some people say, well, some of my friends who lived in the east, the West Coast would say, oh yeah, we'll just we'll just take the train, which is a train that goes from Minneapolis into North Dakota, straight across, I think to Seattle. If yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. So yeah, but that even that train itself, that's um, that train takes like a week or so to a go. A week. Uh, yeah, it, it takes quite a while. A week? Yeah. What? Well, it for sure, for sure, it takes a few days. Wow. Um, I've had some. I had some friends that have taken that train, and um, the crazy thing. Well, the, here, here's the thing. Like with the train travel, it's it's always it's almost been exp- expected as like, okay, we're gonna take time to we're gonna relax. We're going to um, like look at all the beautiful scenery, things like that. You know? Yeah. And so that's that's great and all, but again, it's taking too long. It it takes a very, very long time to go from <laughs> from Seattle to even Fargo, North Dakota. Yes. You know, so um but we've got some really great technology that's already out there. Um and a lot of it's again overseas. Right. Um it's not here. It's not here. So we have a couple different things. We have the maglev train. Now, maglev stands for magnetic levitation, maglev. And so really how this works is there's a guide and you have the train cars that sit on top of the guide. And then basically what they do is they just, when the, when the train gets up to speed, they lift up the entire train and then it Using the magnetics, so using the you know the positive and the negative, right? Um, the north and south pole. That's how the train travels. Is on essentially air, <laughs> which is crazy it, to think. It's levitating. It's levitating. Yeah. And so there's a couple uh, trains out there that are already running. Uh, one is in Shanghai. So Shanghai built this maglev train, and uh, they built it from their airport to. Uh, the outskirts of the uh, central Pudong city. And um, it's got some really impressive feats. I mean, it's, it goes uh, journey time. Let's say, like, I'm looking at, um, you know, they've got a maximum speed of, looks like at one at one of the crossings or one of the intervals, they have a maximum speed of 267 miles an hour. That's crazy fast. That's really, really fast. Um, it takes, yeah. I mean, it takes like seven, seven minutes and 20 seconds to, to go. And, and it doesn't say here exactly what the duration is. But either way, it's extremely, extremely fast and a great way to get from the airport to where you need to go. Probably for the most part, a fairly direct route. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... That's, you know, that's the maglev. The the Japanese are also taking this. Um, and we know Jap- Japan is really known for their bullet trading system. Yeah. They've got this, the probably the best one, I think, in the world right now in terms of um, efficiency, cost, and how it even outperforms, you know. And think of Japan like it's islands. Right. Volcanic islands, actually, that are prone to earthquakes. So, <laughs> you've got that part going for you. Now, um, Japan has the the uh, maglev train, and, and 
there's a recent story here that they actually just broke their own, and they keep doing this. They keep breaking their own world record. So this happened in, um, looks like late 2016. Um, the train went, let's see here. Yeah. <laughs> 374 miles an hour. 370. I mean, that is, that is basically airliner cruising speed. Yeah. Around there. Well, this is one thing I wanted to keep in note for this episode specifically. To put things in perspective, from the Twin Cities of Minnesota to Chicago is about 408 miles. So wherever you are, you can maybe you have an idea where, if you're not in the Midwest, uh, have an idea how far 408 miles is. But um, if by car right now, that's six hours and 15 minutes. Without traffic. Yes, without traffic. And three hundred and seventy four mile I mean that's I mean well it's definitely not two hours, it's it's an hour and hour and a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And you could that's probably that's going on the road. I mean you could probably build a more direct route that would that would even shave off more time of it. A few more miles, yeah. Exactly. So which you know and Japan is kind of unique, I think, because it had to it had to solve it didn't have the same problem that that America has, where we've got this expansive space. We've got right. a lot of space, right? And so, flying from Minneapolis to Chicago probably makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, for them, everything is more compact. It's an island again, and and there's just the population there. And so, flying from Tokyo to I don't know um, Kyoto, right? Is probably not a. I mean, that's that's just not good. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And so they built these amazing, their their amazing transportation system, which, you know, at, right now it really it carries millions and millions of people every single year. And so, you know, you've got that, you've got that uh, that need that's built in, and that's why that's why this innovation is happening. I think from, and it's coming out of the. You know, Japan is coming out of China. Now, um, the train that we have here in the U.S. that would be considered high speed is is currently the Acela Express. And this is a train that's in, um, it goes from D.C. to New York, I think, or okay. to Boston. Um, and so what happens with Acela uh, Express is... Um, because we're we're in such a again you know metropolitan area you 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 really don't have much space like here we have tons of space right um, you know you have a lot of a lot of room to get going here they they kind of they don't have that much room here and so um, the cell express still is is pretty quick but again compared to some of the other trains that we're seeing out there it's not that fast. Um, and I think it goes, uh, and I could pull this up here, about 100, 150 miles, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So, again, still still very, very expensive. Right. And, I mean, I'm sure it's used pretty well on the, on the, on the East Coast, but 
again, there's there's more efficient things already out there that. Well, well, you were telling me before we hit record how much. What was the proposed? Cost? Oh yeah, yeah. They wanted to build a new corridor from like a hundred thirty billion dollars from Boston to Washington. A hundred and thirty billion dollars. Billion dollars. Yeah. Billion. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and so that I mean that just tells you how expensive these the the infrastructure is because you have to have again it's all electric. These these right. trains are electric so you have to have you know these power almost like these little mini power stations at regular intervals on the track to to power the track, the electrified track. And so that's where I mean that's where it's costing so much money to run these trains. Really? Yeah. So it is the maglev then it's still a little bit electric. Yeah, sure, it right? yeah, yeah. It still is, yeah. So that's where we're getting. I mean the 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 prices are just insane. Um and that actually leads me up into the next <laughs> perfectly into LA Times story which has California and they have a bullet train that system that just was recently started actually here a couple of years ago. Um, and it's been going through the, you know, the legislative cycle trying to get approved right. and all that stuff. Um, so it's going to cost the taxpayers 50% more than estimated. So as much as listen to this, $3.6 billion more, more than estimated. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh Peter, at that. That's Peter, actually, you have that's a laugh really, That's really horrible. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine that. There's probably some people that are like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Especially people who didn't want it in the first place, probably. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are saying this is this is crazy. This, this does is not abs- make any sense. This is sense. absolutely nuts. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And again, the train will, the train will be much faster than the Cell Express. Yeah. But... It's still not going to be. It's going to be, you know, the the maglev speed that we're talking about with the um, with the Japanese test that they ran. It's not even gonna, not, not even going to touch that. Right. This train is not maglev. This train is just a traditional high speed rail, electrified rail, electrified rail. So, um, my my feelings on that is they've definitely picked the wrong technology. Yeah. They've picked two technologies behind, in a sense. You know? Yes. I have I had a friend who, when I first tried to maybe explain some of that to them, before we even delved into this episode, I'm like, this seems a little bit inefficient. Uh, he said, well, there's probably more on there than just... There's more to it than just uh, oh, why didn't they choose maglev? In his opinion, but at the same time, uh, think about the fact of is a person going to really want to spend X amount for a train ticket? I mean, how much is the train ticket going to cost? And yeah, and then yeah. is this once again now have to be something now has to be subsidized by taxpayer money to reduce that train ticket cost, which? In certain cases, I'm not. Comp- I don't know if that's completely all bad, but once again, then it sounds like it's not a sustainable 
business technically, which is kind of a a sad thing in the end. Yeah, it totally is. There, the, the infrastructure cost is so great. The right, I mean, you have to have like every car packed every single day to even start talking about making a profit or making a even make you know making the revenue figures that you that you want you know it it's it's a lot well i i agree that this is i mean yeah it's this is infrastructure right yeah yeah so there's a part of me that's like i want good infrastructure there's a part of me that's oh yeah absolutely and uh i think there's there's going to be a big leap, Peter. Yes. So we've talked about buggies and horses. We and, talked about buggies and horses. You know, the, the Model T, the leap to, you know, the trains, and now the trains are going really fast. There's one thing that is going to take that train speed infrastructure. <laughs> really challenge it. Really challenge it. And take that... That, that really that next massive leap that um is called a even it's called a fifth mode of transportation really yeah i did not know that so we have four right now we have cars yep airplanes yep boats and trains yep and then rockets but right then nobody rides a rocket you know it's yet <laughs> true so the fifth mode and you guys that that know about this probably can already guess what I'm going to say is it's called the Hyperloop. Hyperloop. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Musk. Yeah. So what's the Hyperloop? Oh. I'm going to, I'm going to approach this from a guy who has done some research on it. Okay. But not as a guy who probably knows it in depth, maybe even to maybe some of the level, you know, the Hyperloop is just, this amazing concept of basically a, I'm going to say a tunnel, even though I don't think it has to necessarily go under under the ground, but like, or tube, a tube, excuse me, a tube, not a tunnel, yeah. a tube, uh, under, over, wherever, where there is going to be the ability to, at least the concept says it looks like a, a cylinder-like container that you go sit in. It's got a massive... Um, propulsion system on it that allows it to basically fly in this tube to the next station or wherever your destination is that's connected on the on the hyperloop yeah uh at over 700 miles an hour 700 miles an hour now we just (laughs) reach chicago instead of an hour and some like let's say 15 minutes i think maybe about 20 minutes or so a little more than that, I think. 400 miles? Well, you might be shaving off a bunch of let's say too. Okay, let's say let's say 30 minutes just to be... 30 minutes, maybe 35. But still, that's, that's uh, very, very fast. And I don't know this, but to me, I kind of get the impression it might be actually uh, more like... Efficient, probably in this about the cost of what it would be. Yeah, Did, yep. is that have you looked at yeah. that at all? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and really, the hyperloop 
it's, it's it's an interesting story that the way that it it came about was Elon Musk just had this idea and he's been working through this idea for for a couple years now and then one day he sends out a tweet I'm going to be announcing the the fifth mode of transportation fifth mode of transportation <laughs> I remember like following that tweet for a while and he finally published a a a paper a research paper paper on it um and the crazy thing is he open sourced the idea he basically gave away the idea because he's like i'm too busy with spacex with tesla with solar city yeah. with everything else i can't do this which i mean that's props to him for for doing that um and so essentially the way the way that it uh yeah, so I'm looking at a, one of the articles here that um, he said that the there's a hyperloop uh, that would run from L.A. to the Bay Area. Um, basically, it would run for about six billion dollars. So wait, wait, what was this? What was the? Um, where was it from? The Bay Area to Bay Area to to LA. to LA, so yeah, you're you're going from San Francisco that area over down down over to uh, LA. Yep, and so the cost for that would would have been about six billion dollars. Now that's just that's rough rough estimating. Right, I mean, you've got to consider like way of rights. You know, you got to get I, all that all that. I stuff. feel like that's the thing in the U.S. It's really tricky. Yes. Unless you have to go into eminent domain. Yeah, you have to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it would be about $11.5 million per mile. Um, the high-speed rail... $5 million. Yeah. <laughs> per mile. 11.5. 11.5 per yeah. mile. Yep. Yep. Oh, my God. So, I mean, that's, that's running at... Uh, the California high-speed rail has a cost right now $68.4 billion. So you go from $6 billion for the Hyperloop to $68 billion. Probably going to be more than that, I would venture to guess. Which is going to be more? It's going to be more than $68 billion for the California the current California mm-hmm. high speed rail. High speed rail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, look, looking at even at some other, some other documents here, they're they're estimating it might be up to ninety eight billion dollars. I don't know. Oh my God. That's that's very possible. So that puts it in perspective of how. Yeah. I mean, because the difference between eight billion no nine billion. Yeah. Six and, billion. Yeah. Or six billion and sixty billion. <laughs> It's a 10 times increase. So yeah. there's a lot of give in between there for estimate. There's a lot of benefits to the Hyperloop as well. So the way it works is it it's kind of like a maglev. It's it's got a, it's got the 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 maglev element to it. But what really sets it apart is it's in like you said Peter in the tubes, right? Right. And it's in a near vacuum, so again, near vacuum um there's no friction, right? And so, as you accelerate these these cars, these train cars, you can you could just you know put the put your foot on the metal there, and just 
you can get up to, I mean, 700 miles an hour is the, um, the, like the current proposed speed. Right. Theoretically, they can go up to 1200 miles an hour, which is, which is, again, that's just another massive leap, even for Hyperloop. So, um, the other great benefit about the Hyperloop is that it doesn't share any rail traffic. So you're building a dedicated, um, and if you, we'll share some of the links on, on our on our show notes, but you can see that it's it's essentially like a, you know, like the, like the tube that you use at the gas station or at the bank, excuse me. You put your, you know, put your money in there, your ID in there. It's like a vacuum tube. And it, and it kind of looks like that. Um, that is driving from. You've got this tunnel system that's built, like I'm seeing an image here, just built on the side of the road. And you know, there's there's they're still working through a lot of the concepts. There's they're still working through uh, what the pods actually are going to be. Right. There was a pod competition held recently in the SpaceX. Recently, yeah, yeah. we saw couple, a video of that a couple right? weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. So um, there's going to be another one I heard actually announced in the summer. So we're trying to get this this idea of really getting it some traction. Um, and the really cool thing, I don't know if you knew this or not, but there's there's really two major companies, I would say, that um, that are running running with this idea. Um, one of them is Hyperloop One. Which uh, recently, as actually again as of as of late 2016, um, signed up signed an agreement with the United Arab Emirates to basically build the first or one of the first functional hyperloop systems. For, and the the idea was it's a so it's a 99 mile trip from Dubai to Abu Dhabi. Yeah, and it would take. Drum roll, 12 minutes. 12 minutes to go 99 miles. That's pretty fast. That's incredibly That's fast. That's insanely fast. Yeah. And if, if I know anything about like Dubai and United Arab Emirates, those guys have not only the money, but the um, the desire to really be cutting edge. Right. You know, a lot yep. of stuff. So yep. I think this is going to happen. The other company, <laughs> Hyperloop Technology Transport, um, also signed up for a, um, I think their inaugural track in Slovakia mm. at Czech Republic. Yep. Uh, there's there's even talks about Russia getting a Hyperloop because Russia is massive. Again, makes a lot of sense for Russia. Yeah. You know. Because yeah, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of barren space in Russia, right? I remember Peter when we were coming from Ukraine, Ukraine to yeah, Moscow, right? To Moscow, we took a train uh, from I think Kiev to Moscow, and I remember um, driving in the train, and like it was late at night, all my family was sleeping. I was up looking out the window and looking at the train tracks, and oh, it was like word. it was magical, you know. Was, <laughs> but you know, by the way, everybody, if you want some more context on that, you need to listen to episode one, which yeah. ironically is where we first talked about trains. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So Hyperloop is exciting to me um, because 
again, it's 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 really something new. Yeah. It's it's building on a lot of the great stuff that we already have, like MacLev, and um, and it's really just taking that and tweaking it, and making it even better. And so, um, it's still experimental. Yeah. I forgot to mention the coolest thing about the Hyperloop is these pods. So these pods would essentially be like self-driving. So you'd, you'd go to the station, you'd get on this pod and there's maybe four to six seats in it. Yeah. You'd be self-driving. And then as when you're on, when you're in, you, you get on in Dubai, when you get off in Abu Dhabi, you just tell the pod, Hey, take me home. And the pod will drive on the street. What? Yeah. It's in a concept video. We'll share that here as well. Yeah, it, it's it's a, an autonomous car basically as well. Wow. Okay. So, I, I, okay. I think of, well, yeah. I can imagine that at least. I can imagine yeah. that at least. Yeah. So that's kind of a quick, um, I know we, there's a lot more to talk about with, with you know, all these technologies, but um, what do you think, Peter? What's your future breakdown on? On mass transport. Here's the thing that I'm, I'm I'm believing is that this is all very exciting, and I really want this to become a reality. I'm I'm challenging myself here, just because I feel like there is still somewhat in this, especially in the Midwest of the world. There's, um, and I think this is everywhere for that matter, but uh, the Midwest of the United States is like there's a lot of. I think we have a lot of friends who still like the the control of of driving. Yeah, right. Like they, they like the individual control of that. At the same time, going back to what I've always said is, there's always this convenience factor. Totally. <laughs> and um, having uh, for the past two years, whenever we go to the cities, we kind of just experiment with Uber and things like that. I, I'm I'm a firm believer that my goodness, if I had a way to travel to the cities or Chicago and in a, you know a quick amount of time, and even if you could just make it cost the same amount mm-hmm. for on the road, maybe even a little bit more, just a slight bit more. Yeah, um, I think people would jump on it like crazy, um, and. Then when you get to your destination, you know, one thing I always thought to myself is, once again, I want that individual wants to to drive. Well, they can rent a car. They can they can also um, in my in this case now with Uber, you can Uber yourself away around these cities typically, mm-hmm. and so you're not the the concept of you know taking these this six hours to get to Chicago or something like that and to be there in like yeah. 15 minutes. I mean, think of how much time now you have to to spend there versus when you, before. Yeah. And, and, and you don't have to go through the airport, the, you know, the nonsense there. Like, no. You got to wait and you got, you know. Yeah. You know, Boy, you could, e- stuff, you could even right? say, like, well, I can't fly. But I mean, think about when you have a layover. Sometimes you're just there stuck. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There'll probably be for some times where, oh, okay, one of the. One of the tubes is having a little bit of a malfunction. I don't know. Whatever. True. But, true. But we've seen, even with the prototypes, how fast these things can stop. And I can tell you, it's not a stop on a dime, but it's, it's it was scary cool how yeah. fast it was able to stop. So 
I'm excited. I I also know that you know you're gonna have people that are skeptical, and I feel like you you got to build the first one, and you got to maybe even take the hit. And this is coming from a guy that's doesn't understand the concept of nine billion dollars, even really to be honest. <laughs> so I I struggle with that, but I also understand like I feel like if you can get that out there and people can try it, and um, I think there's a lot of people now that are excited about that that. Over time, you know they're going to be telling their friends, "Okay," because I've heard how how long it takes to travel in that L.A. to the Bay Area or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's horrible, oh, right? Yeah. So to be able to do that like that, or not quite like that, but very quickly, would just be you would start changing things. I think very quickly. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like I said, I think we're in a stage now where with with Uber and all that type of stuff, you can really get to view the concept of just traveling around wherever you want to go so cool on the ground not in flight but on the ground we're still proponents of air but maybe that's another episode so yeah um i think for me uh, just i would i would agree with a lot agree with a lot of what you said um we're going to be pushing the envelope with with hyperloop with even yeah. some of the trains that that are you know in the works um and so that really changes the behavior. Yes, I think. So, for me, and I was telling you this before. Like, imagine, you know, you live in Minneapolis because your family's all there, right? But you work in Chicago, and that's right. We if, did talk about if that. there was a hyperloop or if there was a super fast train, it would take you an hour to get to work. Right. That's not uh, that's not un unusual for many people you know it takes them at least an hour for especially in bigger cities well when i lived in the cities it would take me sometimes an hour to get home yeah but again you're going from not one city you're going from between states you're going 400 miles so that opens up that part of it where you're you can live in one city work in a completely different city you know and then commute back and home back and forth so you can live in LA and work in the Bay Area. You know, you can live in New York and work in I don't know Boston. Yeah, Boston, Pittsburgh. You can work in the cities and and live in Chicago or vice versa. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is it opens up on on the the economy part too, where you've got okay, honey, what do you want to do today? Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's go. Let's go catch a. You know, let's go catch a show in the Chicago theater. You get on the Hyperloop, bam, you're 40 minutes, you're in Chicago. And that opens up the, I mean, so that changes the economy completely. So you're not just thinking locally, you're thinking regionally now. Like, okay, I'm not thinking of, you know, just where can I go? Where, where's my cheapest getaway, you know, around here? But you're thinking regionally, like, okay, I can I can pay twenty bucks, get on a hyperloop, and bam, I'm there. If a hyperloop costs twenty bucks, I will do that every week. I would take it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to cost twenty every bucks, weekend, but, but yeah, oh, you know, you could you could dream for it, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, so, once again, I, I like to think about the fact that this is something that um, could be running twenty four hours a day, right? Yeah, totally. So. So I think this will be the next shift. Um, uh, the the air travel 
part of it. I think we can cover it in a different episode, but that's, yeah. you know, Supersonic is going to come back, I believe. There's already a company called Boom that is looking for uh, basically rebuilding their entire supersonic transport. So it's exciting times. Ahead. It's exciting times. Yeah. Completely agree. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Future Break podcast. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. And one of the ways that you can reach out to us is uh, going on Twitter. Future Break Pod is our handle. We'd love to hear from you. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think of the show. But also, just um, if you have some ideas you want to send her away, we'd love to look into that as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you can go to futurebreak.net, and that's our that's our website. And you can see all of our episodes there as well. Um, we've got all of our social media. So we've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff set yes. up there. And you could definitely would love a follow. We'd love a, a retweet every once in a while as well. So Yes. Yeah. And uh, Serge and I are excited. We've we've been meeting some more about some of the future plans for future break. Yeah, we've gotten a lot more of the scheduling down for the future episodes. But uh, we highly encourage you to get on the future break email list. Yes. So if you go to futurebreak.net and uh, find the call out there for the to enter your email address, um, you can be the first ones to know what we're up to. And also, probably some things that we'll, we may not even share on this, on the podcast specifically. Yeah, we'll so be experimenting a little we'll bit. We'll be experimenting for sure. for sure. So, anyways, thanks again, everybody, for coming out and listening to this. Thank you so much for our loyal fans. It's amazing. We keep continuing to see the numbers go up every week, and it is encouraging to say the least. Yeah. So, all right. Have a magical day. Take care, everybody. <laughs>